Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I am your host for the Fact Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am Fact's Vice President of Community Relations. Before we start, we want to highlight FACT's platinum sponsor, the National Peanut Board, and thank them for their years of continued support and partnership. We're exploring how to use our differences to impact living with food allergies and the intersectionality of LGBTQAI plus and food allergies. Sitting at FACT's roundtable today is Ashley Brundage, the founder and CEO of Empowering Differences, who will focus on the top three actions to take that will impact food allergy attributes. Welcome back, Ashley, to Facts Roundtable Podcast. We are absolutely delighted to have you back on the show again today. Oh my gosh, thrilled to be here. Well, it's going to be a fantastic conversation. And we're going to start off with how you actually got to this moment as CEO and founder of Empowering Differences, because that is such an amazing story. So can you share with listeners how you came to create Empowering Differences and then how you're actually a part of our food allergy community? Yeah, sure. I mean, first, I would just say for those listening, uh, visual description, I'm a white woman with red, curly red hair. And uh, today I have my pearls on and I'm excited to, you know, to join you all. Uh, I'm the CEO and president of Empowering Differences, which is a leadership training and consulting organization that I founded after overcoming harassment, discrimination, and homelessness. I'm very passionate about my research about empowerment and how empowerment is impacted by the top 10 most empowering differences we have as humans. And these empowering differences require certain empowering actions that can be done to drive impacts and leverage our differences to impact change. And that's what I get to do every day in my day job. And then personally, uh, I have two amazing teenage boys, uh, one of them who happens to have a food allergy. I am consciously aware of what it takes to uh, navigate the world with food allergies. So I think it's something intentional that we all have to do to drive empowerment for people. Beautifully put. Now, can you talk to us about how the LGBTQAI plus community and food allergies intersect? Um, yeah, so a little bit of the uh, you know, it's like we started to say, pronouncing, we just stayed, started saying all the letters because you can't pronounce it. It's too difficult. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I think that all of the differences that I research all intersect because every single one of the 8 billion different people on the planet 
all have these differing abilities or attributes. Um, they all have sexual orientation. They all have a gender identity. If you're navigating one of these differences that we have, which that means everybody, um, at some point they're going to intersect and you're always going to have to wonder what it is that's going on and if it's impacting you and your experience. I know sometimes, you know, when I go to a restaurant, I live my life very openly as a woman, but I'm also a proud out woman of transgender experience. So being part of the LGBTQIA plus community tends to bring a lot of either people who are really excited to meet me and interested to meet me or people who are not excited or not interested to meet me. And where do we gather as people? We gather with our common ground items. And one of those common ground items is food. And how we connect over food is such an important connection and compassion about our connection as humans. So e immediately now we have to be very cognizant to make sure that while we're fighting for LGBTQIA plus conclusion, that we make sure that we create spaces that are inclusive of all people. So that's why personally for me, anytime that I do an event for anyone in the community, I make sure that there's an opportunity that if there is being food served, that we are very purposeful to make sure that we have the ability to take care of anyone who's present so that that way they're not also now battling another thing that they have to navigate around their differences as a human. It's the same construct of navigating a difference about what you do, where you go, and are you going to be taken care of? Those are the same kinds of questions that LGBTQIA plus people are, are asking as well as people who have food allergies. So beautifully put and so easy to understand how we all are in this together. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, well, we're definitely stronger together when we work together. <laughs> that is so, so true. So now let's dive into the top three empowering actions to impact food allergy attributes. So what are your thoughts? I know we talked about this ahead of time a little bit, and I am very excited. I have my pen ready to take notes. Oh, my God. Well, first, I just want to kind of give a little bit of context into how I came up with these top actions. Um, this was done with a globalization research project that I expanded my initial research to a thousand people across 27 countries and 18 languages. And we were asking them about their top 10 uh, most empowering differences that they have as a human. And what kept coming up really was our abilities and attributes. This was the one that was the most mentioned out of all of the 10 differences. We wanted to make sure that it was not just about our ability or our differing abilities, but our attributes as well. So that way it covers all of the humanistic lived experiences that we have from our confidence to walk into a restaurant to know that we're going to be served properly to the way that that we actually care for the food and how it's prepped and how we're and how we're navigating that moment to sharing food with other people, <laughs> right? All of these things kind of are part of that construct of our abilities and attributes. So I just wanted to kind of start there. Now, beyond that, right, it's what are the actions that you're going to do to impact people? Now, people could be yourself and self-empowerment is part of this mix. Now, only to a certain degree, you cannot only focus on self-empowerment because if you only focus on self-empowerment, you're going to miss the rest of the world because empowerment, right? The definition of empowerment is authority and power connected to people. 
And so everything that we do to impact other humans on the world has to kind of involve all of those three things. And self is not people. (laughs) Now, you could be one person and that would be person, not people. So obviously there has to be other people involved for there to be empowerment present. But sometimes if you are disempowered, self-empowerment is incredibly important and more in the context of confidence and doing your own homework and your own research to build a plan that's going to help you to navigate any potential obstacle. And yes, a food allergy is an obstacle because you have to do preparation and you have to make sure that you're communicating to the other people involved. So how do you do that, right? That's that's where the actions come into play. And so I've teased you long enough, right, <laughs> with these actions. Um, so the, the top empowering action to impact our, our food allergy community is really access. And so access is the inherent nature at which we create an opportunity to be at the table, right? To have a seat at the table and having this conversation, right, is a perfect example of where we're giving you access to what is empowerment, what are actions you can do to impact differences. It's the same construct about being able to be in a place that has inclusion, has resources and that has maybe a menu or a policy or a separate kitchen or all the things that are very powerful that can be very helpful. And so a lot of people talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And while diversity is is really what we frame differences and equity is really a byproduct of creating access for opportunities for people. So this is why this is the top action. So I want to pause for a minute and see what your thoughts are on the top action before we go to the others. (laughs) I think that's amazing the way you explain the access and the relationship to equity, because we do have a tendency to focus just right on, you know, DEI, but you explained it in such a beautiful, broad sense that makes sense. And especially how you went deep on the access as well, you know, into the kitchen and into policy. And it's not just topical, but it goes very deep. Yeah. And well, and, and access is that point that um, people have to eventually um, influence others to be at. And so that's why it's authority and power connected to people. So to make access an empowering action, we as the people have to be able to identify what is the authority from this action and what is the power. Now, from my research of of the thousand people that I was mentioning, we actually asked this three questions globally. Question one was, what is empowerment? And we wanted to really know what people said empowerment was to them in short form answer. So I'm going to ask you listening right now, what is empowerment to you? You know, take a moment, memorialize what that is to you. And write it down because it's really important that you memorialize that first. So what is empowerment to you? (laughs) You know, empowerment to me is having the confidence to say what I need to say, to do what I need to do, and feeling okay about it. Mm. 
Yeah. I mean, obviously confidence was, if you didn't know it, it was the top answer. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm having a, a Steve Harvey moment here, right? In the, in the family view. And then the top answer is, but yes, it is confidence was the most common answer. What we found, it, confidence was about 11% of all the answers that we got. Confidence or confidence related answers. As we started to look across all the answers from us doing this survey, on empowerment, we saw that the answers were way all over the place, but we were able to group all the answers into 85% of one category. And the 85% of the answers all had something in common, which was that they were hard to measure and hard to track. They were very qualitative answers, like confidence, um, like mindfulness, like meditation, like breathing, <laughs> like having an EpiPen, uh, like being careful of your own uh, wellness and your health, giving someone a free mom hug, someone wrote in our survey. I was like, oh my gosh, I've given out a lot of free mom hugs since I have my two kids. Uh, these answers also included empathy, compassion, understanding, validation, communication, all of the things that are that are about us as our connection and people. And so I looked through the numbers and then I realized that 15%, however, of the answers were all very metric, very much that someone responded with a unit of measure in their response in the survey. And, and out of those responses, about 10% of them were all time-related answers. More time for my family is empowerment to me. Only having to work one day a week. Uh, unlimited time on the planet, someone told me. <laughs> and a lot of those time-related answers were about um, having to work less or having to have double the amount of vacation or being able to do whatever they want to do every day. So the day was the measurement. And um, and then the remaining amount of those answers, about, about 5%, were all monetarily related answers because time and money can actually emotionally drive people to potentially be empowered or disempowered sometimes. So, of course, this leads us to see, okay, well, wait a minute. Authority items are the humanistic nature, 85% of what is empowerment. And then the monetary items or the measured items that track us, right? Because we're always being tracked. Like we're recording this podcast right now for those that are listening. And there's a timer moving on it, just like there's a timer moving on it as you're listening to it. And it's always being tracked, right? You are in a Zoom meeting for work or in a Teams meeting. And it says, hey, you have five minutes left in the meeting. You better get your point across. All of that is happening. And so... This is the nature that we live in that has the ability for us to recognize that everything is either easily metriced or measured, and then there are a lot of things that are emotional in nature. So as people, if we want to make actions empowering actions, then that means that we have to be able to easily keep, capture the metric numbers because while that's only 15% from our research of what is empowerment, we also have to do our best to find out how people feel about it. And that, of course, is the hardest thing that we will ever do as people because we never give an honest answer. How many times do you get out of the car in the ride share and they're like, hey, please rate me five stars. And you're like, 
Okay, <laughs> right? Or how many times does the organization that you work with send you the survey the moment you hang up or the moment you check out or the moment you're done or the moment you attend fax fundraiser, right? I mean, you're getting a survey. You're getting a how did you feel? How did we do? Uh, and And people don't usually take the time to give an honest answer. And if they do, the success rate on these surveys is anywhere between 10 and 30%. And that's probably on the high end. And it's only a higher like that if you're attaching a ridiculously large incentive to get someone to give you honest feedback. So the feedback loop is the real problem here. So we have to actually measure our empowerment with people through a lot of different things that we can do to drive these impacts. But it starts with having a conversation to find out how people feel. People are much more likely to give you an honest answer when you have a dialogue with them in the moment. But the moment that you try to put it in an email or the moment you try to put it through the app later on, they're not going to be as honest and they're not going to be as true in what they tell you. And also even just remembering, right? I mean, I've received surveys too where I'm like, okay, let me remember. What did that person say? Was that okay? Was that, you know, even just memory. Yeah. What year was that? <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. So so obviously understanding how to make actions empowering actions is very hard. This is the issue that we face as as people on the planet is that if you're going to create access, right? And I'm telling you that creating access is the top action to impact food allergy community, then how are you connecting that with people? So in order to do that, in order to make access an empowering action for the community, you need to, number one, easily track and metric the items. So how many people did you impact? Because that's an easy, easy metric. How many discussions did you have or pre-planning meetings before your conference or before the dinner that you're hosting for a family that's coming over? Uh, all right. How many conversations did you have? How many minutes, hours and seconds were, were, were spent doing that? How much money did you did you use? Right. Um, all of those things can can be part of the, the story that you're going to paint about how you created access for someone. And then you have to ask them how they feel about it. And that's the hardest thing. So in order to do that, that requires your conscious effort to have open feedback communication loop with other humans. Um, so that's kind of how to make access an empowering action. I know there's a couple others. <laughs> that is amazing to me. You know, I never thought about then turning around and asking them, how do you feel about that? You know, like you said, if I'm talking to somebody about seeing if an event's going to be safe allergy-wise and never occurred to me to turn back around and then say, how do you feel with this? Because mm -hmm. that can really change the conversation in a very positive way. So if they're afraid or nervous, or if they have some concerns, or maybe they're not taking it as seriously, that could come out as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever left a bathroom in, in a really nice airport and they have the little button on the wall and it's like the green face or the red face um, and it's instant feedback loop. This is the world that we're moving towards. So one of the things that we do at Empowering Differences is we actually built the measurement tool towards the 85% of what is empowerment. 
So we have a sliding scale that we do for organizations and it's zero for disempowered, 100 for empowered. And you rate your 10 dimensions of differences. So we know which of the differences are being impacted and potentially being empowered or disempowered. Takes about 90 seconds. We do this a part of any training or live event or program that we're working with when we build relationships with our clients. But this way we're able to actually measure to the 85% of what people are saying is empowerment that's hard to measure and if you don't measure it with any kind of numeric value how can you benchmark it and then if you don't benchmark it how can you compare it to next year's event or next year's dinner or next week's dinner how can you actually do that if you're not actually measuring your empowerment fascinating absolutely fascinating (laughs) thank you Again, this is just blowing my mind about the access and then coming back and asking them how they feel. So, yes, what are the other two now? Oh, my gosh. Yes, there are two other ones. So the second most empowering action for food allergy community based on our research is invest. So invest is, of course, resource allocation. Now, resources is obviously a very broad term, but this could be you personally, your time, your treasure, your talent. So it could be a monetary investment, right? Um, into a separate cutting board that you keep in the house. It could be separate utensils. It could be separate pots and pans uh, because I've lived in the house where we've had that. So that way we had ones that we knew were for the allergy related issues. And then one that was for if we needed an extra one for somebody who didn't have an allergy. Um, So being mindful in that space is just some examples that I've personally recognized. But invest obviously goes way deeper than that. Because like I said, it's resource allocation, allocating resources, if you're going out to dinner, right, it's obviously where are people going to sit is an important strategic uh, idea, right? And and did you invest more time in a pre-call with the restaurant? And, and did you invest time in having a conversation with what the menu would be for the dinner? Obviously, investing your time is something very easy to track because you'll know immediately if it's an empowering action because you'll know exactly how much time, money, or treasure you're investing. Now, your own, your own personal uh, abilities, right, whatever you're investing for you personally – Um, your expertise, that's obviously a lot harder to track, but that still usually comes down to either time or treasure. Because if you're using your talent to do something, to be strategic, to plan ahead, you'll know exactly how much of your time you're using to do that. And, you know, it's like, I know what I charge to consult per hour. So I know what my time is worth. So you can immediately kind of put a, uh, an actual measurement on that. But remember, putting measurements on these empowering actions is exactly how you are able to paint the narrative to communicate to others about the actual real impact that you've made. So then your investments also have to have the connection to the 85% of what is empowerment for people, which is on that emotional side. So then what was drawn from the investment? Did it work? Did it help someone? Did it help to make it easier? We have to have that conversation in the now, like we just said. I love this because this also gives us the tool to look to see, are we being impactful in the ways that we think we are and that we're getting the results we want? You know, sometimes I will do things with my family and I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'm really helping here. It's going to be safe when we go to visit and then we get there and it's not. 
So clearly my actions that I have been taking are not strong enough because I'm not getting the results when I arrive to the house. So this is giving me some information now about how to maybe change my framework on how I'm approaching them. And then, like you said, go back and start measuring and then talking to them and seeing where is that breakdown? Like, where is it? Is it the way I'm communicating? Is it I'm giving them the wrong information? But now I'm going to have some tools to actually work with this to try to fix it rather than keep hitting my head against the wall. Yeah. Yeah. All that's going to do is it's just going to give you a headache. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. So, yeah. And, and I mean, obviously, you bring up another one of the empowering actions. It's not the top three, but it's definitely one of the 10 empowering actions, which is inspire. And inspire from our framework is all about communication. And this is a big action in this space as well. It's not the top three, but it's definitely it's definitely up there. And how you leverage communication to impact the differences that we have as a human. To make differences empowering differences, we have to make sure we're doing an amazing job of communicating the actual real issue. And this leads, of course, to the third empowering action, top empowering action for impacting food allergies, which is educate. And so educate or education is always in the top you know, top quadrant of the empowering actions for a lot of the differences because it helps people learn about these differences. And while the food allergy community is a broader community, but each independent food allergy is very different from what I've seen. And I'm not even an expert, but I know that there are certain allergies that can 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 lead to higher airborne contaminants and cross-contaminations. And then there are some that don't. And you'll see that that's a common thread for empowering actions is that they can be tracked pretty easily around the time that you've taken or how many books you've read or how many articles you read, uh, how much research did you do Did you learn about all of the different types of allergies that exist? Do you know the difference between the ones? Do you know where you would, where you would have the EpiPen? You know, all of these things are important things that you should go and take time to learn. And then how do you apply them to people back at the end of the day? And the people, how are you applying this educational learned information to people? Does that mean that maybe you're also potentially educating others on what you've learned? And then you're able to actually track more people. And then what does that actually do? How are they actually, what are they using this information for? And how is it impacting them? And then how is it impacting others? So obviously I've given you all lots to think about, lots of questions, lots of actions, lots of differences, but this is why they're called empowering differences. This is so rich of data and information. So now you've mentioned these measurements, and I know in previous conversations, you mentioned developing a tool to measure the empowerment. We've been kind of talking about it here. How can we now apply this in our world? Like, what can we do now? You've just given us all this great information. What's next? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, at Empowering Differences, you know, we, we have a resource for people. Um, they're able to go on our website and they can sign up for our leadership course. The leadership course teaches this framework, the four empowerment steps uh, that we talked about on our last uh, podcast that we had. Um, and then it talks about the 10 empowering actions and the 10 empowering differences. You have to have all of them working together. You have to juggle all the balls to impact people. There's obviously an opportunity to do lots of self-reflection 
self-reflection is very important on anyone's journey of empowerment so that that way you're benchmarking what you think about empowerment, what it means to you. And that way you can see how it shifts as you move throughout this content. Uh, and it's meant to be a way to guide you, to help you on your journey. And, um, and then obviously we also have this measuring uh, platform for yourself. And then for, we do this also for groups. Group data is more, is more um, tangible because it's a collective aggregate. And then we're able to draw conclusions surrounding how the group is acceptable to, to differing abilities or attributes. So if food allergies, we can actually measure that for an entire group, which is really fun. Measuring it for yourself is really the thing that, that you as a listener can do today to impact others. Put a value system on your empowerment. That's what our platform does puts a value system on your empowering differences so that that way you can track it over time. And then what we do is we actually link the value system to our empowerment algorithm for the all of the 10 empowering actions. And we give you a one to 10 breakdown of the actions for you independently, personally. So now how can listeners access all of this? So if you can talk a little bit about your website, which is very rich with information, but if you can just kind of lead us through here. Yeah. So you can connect more with me and my team at empoweringdifferences.com. And from there, there's lots of resources. Obviously, we have the leadership course that I just mentioned, but we also do conferences and other uh, special events Uh, We have a lot of webinars and learning opportunities. Uh, We can bring this educational opportunity to the organization that you work at or represent, and we can help all people be truly empowering differences. Well, it's hard to believe, but we're at the end of our time together. I could sit here all day listening to you, but unfortunately, we have come to the end. Is there anything else you want to make sure our listeners hear from you today? Just to know that obviously you're not alone. If you're ever struggling in this space around any one of your differences, whether it be a food allergy or the LGBTQIA plus community, you should go in and you should message someone right in their DM box, send them a direct message. You never know who will write you back. Uh, I get, I go through my direct mailbox messages on all my social channels. I have a 100,000 social media followers aggregate, but every once a week, we always check the, the, the random messages that go into the spam message box because you never know who might need something or might need to talk or might need a support person. Um, you're not in this alone. There are 8 billion different people. Yeah, eventually you might find someone that isn't receptive or is not supportive, but know that there are plenty of people who are and that you're never alone. So that's how empowerment works. We have to find time to give that support to people. So know that I'm there if you ever need me. Um, It might take me a few days to reply, (laughs) but I'll be there. (laughs) That is so kind and generous. So thank you again, Ashley, for your time. I really appreciate you choosing to spend it with us. My pleasure. Before we say goodbye today, we just want to highlight one more time FACT's platinum sponsor, the National Peanut Board, and we would like to thank them for their years of continued support and partnership. Thank you for listening to FACT's Roundtable Podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.